Friday nights, we're on a discussion about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to, before I go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, which is where we're centered, um, I want to just build a case for uh, Jesus preparing the church to receive the Holy Spirit. So let's go to John's Gospel, chapter 14. We're going to look at John 14 and then 16. We're going to look at the book of Acts, and we're going to migrate our way to 1 Corinthians. If you're here for the first time, my name is Jeff Perry. I pastor this church with my wife, Patsy, and I'm reading from the Bible. This is a Bible church. We love Jesus. Uh, We're trying uh, to rightly divide the word and study to show ourselves approved unto God and to uh, track with what he's doing, what he's saying in this hour. We are in a an amazing uh, moment right now. It's a privilege to be alive right now. And uh, John chapter 14, let's see, what did I say? 14 uh, verse 16. We'll start with that. It says, I will ask the Father, he'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. (laughs) I like the phrase another helper. You ever needed help? John Lennon said, help, I need somebody, right? Um, I mean, you've seen these movies where they put SOS out on the deserted sandy beach, you know, they're they're shipwrecked and they're lost and send help, you know. When we had the boating accident out in Catalina, um, my friend Keith dialed Channel 13 and called the U.S. Coast Guard and they came within five minutes. Uh, I want to tell you, Jesus is a very present help in the time of need. So whatever you're facing, however weird it may be, God is good. And he's uh, present to help. He's available. One translation said he's abundantly available to help in a tight place. You ever feel like you've been between a rock and a hard place? Well, Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He's anchoring. You build your house on the rock, it'll stand, right? Verse 26 says something similar. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So there you go. The the ministry of the Holy Spirit is starting to be clarified here by Jesus. And he's, he's our teacher. He's another helper. The helper in the Greek, it's a Greek word, parakletos. All the New Testament is written in In Greek, some Aramaic, but it's in Greek mainly, and that Greek word means advocate, standby. I like this one. He's your vindicator. He'll cover you. He'll he'll be there for you. When you know somebody has your back, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And to know that Jesus has our back and then he's sending another helper, God the Father sent his son. And Jesus is saying, he's, the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. Joel prophesied that he'd be poured out on all flesh, and great outcomes would occur. Our sons and our daughters would, would, would have the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit on them. It was a description of the end-time work of God and the development of the church. He said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And when we're all members in the body, and I'm going to talk about this in 1 Corinthians in a little bit, he proliferates and disseminates gifts throughout the whole church. 
He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm getting ahead of myself, Acts chapter 1, but let, let's just look at this and just celebrate this. Uh, when, the, when the helper comes, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you in, into all the truth. I'll tell you what this is saying. It's saying that he'll guide us into all the truth. And I'll tell you what it's, it's saying too, that he'll never lead you into error. He'll never lead you into a ditch. He'll never lead you into an extreme. He'll always, he always and only will lead you into the truth. Isn't that beautiful? He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you, it says in verse 14. He'll show you things to come. And uh, that's, that's important to have a prophetic heads up, isn't it? Uh, chapter 16, let's see, what did we just read there? 16, uh, now, I, I, did I just read verse 13 to you? Yeah, he'll guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. So God the Father sent his son Jesus and he sent the Holy Spirit. And it's, he is the Spirit of God. He's a personality. He's a person. And he's come alongside to help you and me. And uh, just, I'm thinking about, you know, these kids having this baby in two and a half hours. Matt and, and uh, Carol having the baby on Wednesday. Um, Virgil and Ed being there with Rachel as she gets re got ready and it went home to be with the Lord at 5.18 in the afternoon yesterday. God's with us. You know, you say from the cradle to the grave, but that's not accurate. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and he's with us for eternity. <laughs> well, from the cradle to the grave. Well, that's, that's pretty good, but it's actually even expanded on that. Isn't that, he's the alpha and the omega, right? And he's beautiful. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And uh, I was already getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited about this idea. He, he says, well, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest part of the earth. Let me say something about that on a personal, individual level. You have a sphere of influence. Each one of us is made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made, and we're all unique. The Bible says we're temples of the Holy Spirit, and we're carriers of the presence of God. And um, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, position to be in, because it's the opposite of nothingness. It's the opposite of having been abandoned. It's the opposite of just accidentally happening, which is what a lot of people have embraced. And I don't even know how they endure existence with those kinds of misconceptions. There is a God in the beginning who created the heavens and the earth. And he made us in his image, male and female, he created us. He told us to be fruitful and multiply. And then in the early church, he breathed on them and they, 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 the, the breath of life. God breathed on Adam, the breath of life. And then Jesus breathes on the church, the breath of life. Well, the breath of life is still being breathed right now. I'm exhaling it, you're inhaling it, and we're breathing the word of God. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. Actually, in the Greek, it's passe graphe theonoustos. Theonoustos means 
God breathed, blown out by God. He moved on men of old, and, and, and the, the, the Bible was inspired. And that inspired word of God is why we're here tonight. We're rallying around the truths of Scripture that God has presented to us from Genesis to Revelation. He's preserved it for us. It's complete, it's thorough, it's a faithful guide for life, conduct, spirituality, decision-making, right? Proverbs teach us how to be wise. Psalms teach us how to cope. The epistles teach in the, in the, the church world what we have because of Jesus. In fact, Ephesians 1.3 uh, and James, I'll, I'll read out of James chapter 1. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now we're on to something here. We are a blessed people. We have been given provision. We're not, look, he says, I'm going to give you another helper. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? And then he says, uh, you've got every spiritual blessing that heaven itself enjoys. Paul was telling the church at Ephesus, about that, and that, for that matter, pertains to us. Look at James chapter 1, verse 17. James, the Lord's brother, he wrote an epistle at the end of the book after, after Hebrews. It says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. See, that's why we ought to lift our hands and thank God 24-7. Be the most grateful people on the planet. Thank you, Jesus, for all your goodness. You know, Ed had a birthday. Uh, Anna Maria and Chris had a baby. You know, the outcome for uh, Rachel, she's present with the Lord. It's all good. There's victory in all of that. Uh, it, it, your victory that you've had, I'm just celebrating the interesting, it's amazing testimony, isn't it? Uh, is it blowing your mind? It's blowing my mind. You, you, it, it could have been, it could have been bad. You're, you're a walking miracle, and you didn't even know it till you knew it, till your son bonked you on the head. And uh, you want to know more about that, don't you? Maybe on that uh, night of Thanksgiving, maybe we can share about it. Okay, you think about that, because it's amazing, and I'm glad you and I know, and they, they can find out later. That's for me to know and you to find out. Hey. You want, how many of you want to find out about what we're talking about? Well, keep coming to church. I'll, it'll pop out eventually. <laughs> every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. Look at this. With whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Our beautiful Reinhard Bonnke shared it this way. It's always high noon with God. There's no shifting shadow. It's always high noon with God. I thought that paints a beautiful, vivid picture. No shadows, no uncertainty, no insecurity. You guys, that you're, you know, you're all in on this. You've been walking with God for decades now. You've been through some heartaches, some disappointments. You know how good God is. You that are brand new, you're just starting to sniff it out, check it out. I'm going to tell you, God is faithful. Just follow through and walk with him all the days of your life. If you've been in a protracted battle, keep pressing on. It's like Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, don't stop. 
Just keep going, right? Look at somebody next to you and say, keep pressing on. So now I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I'm going to do a wedding tomorrow, and part of the reading will be 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, because it talks about love. And that's, it lends itself to a wedding, but it actually expands more uh, in life than we realize. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, I'm reading the New American Standard. I'd like you to read it out loud with me, so we're going to put it up on the screen. And even if you have a different translation, just indulge me a little bit, and uh, let's read it out loud together. Ready? Read. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. How about that? It's patient. It's kind. And Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about this dynamic, amazing situation they're in. They've transitioned out of idolatry and into worshiping God. They've come out of sin and they've come into righteousness. And they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Paul had to bring some order to their the, this fledgling beginning of this early church, and it serves as a pattern. Chapter 12, Paul highlights uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I've spent several weeks with you guys on Friday nights teaching on the love walk because Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works through love. Um, 1 John 4, 4, 7, and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Uh, and then it says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That is a big piece of information right there. Everybody say, God is love. Love is value. Love is courtesy. Love is respect. Love is deference, love is tolerance, love is looking for a way of being constructive, love is uh, not going down the cheapened road of criticism or bitterness or murmuring, and uh, our flesh wants to gripe, you know, our flesh wants to be uh, uh, murmuring and complaining, and uh, but God's called us out of that, and he's called us to be patient and kind, not be jealous, where you, you, know, you rejoice with somebody else when they get a breakthrough, and um, doesn't brag, isn't arrogant, doesn't act weird, um, doesn't seek its own. Um, you know, Philippians chapter 2 uh, said, don't just look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I, I think this is, this is really uh, supposed to germinate in the church. And I think we'll be at our best as a people if we'll embrace these things. And, um, but it says this. It says in, in 1 
Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It says pursue love because that's God is love and because that's the, that's the high road, the love walk. Um, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Uh, so especially that you may prophesy. Now, there's so much material I have to cover on, these, on this subject. But uh, we are to be spirit-filled. We are to walk and embrace all that God has provided for us. And uh, I think there needs, it's time for some good teaching along these lines. And so I'm committed for the next few weeks through the autumn to, you know, break out these highlights that Paul puts here. And so um, here's what I want to do. I want to read, you guys good? You guys hungry for spiritual things? Because it says in chapter 12, earnestly desire the greater gifts. Now somebody said the greater gifts are the ones that are needed at the moment. But really when Paul's talking about these gifts, it's all to be done in decency and in order and all to be done in love. So the gifts are there to help people out. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are there not as a badge to show how spiritual we are, because the Bible says he gives gifts to everybody, right? And in fact, that that doesn't make us, that doesn't show whether we're uh, superior or inferior to anybody. It just, we're just developing an understanding and flowing with and yielding to what God has provided for us. But yield we must, hunger we must, and understand we must, right? And so here are some of the keys for flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Number one key is to cultivate an intimate fellowship with God on a daily basis. Um, You know, I I was listening to Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church in Texas, an old message he preached. And he said, God doesn't say, give us this day our annual bread or give us this day our monthly bread. He said, give us this day our daily bread. And the point that the pastor felt that the Lord's prayer was making was, God wants us to depend on him moment by moment, not just intermittently, right? Uh, And so cultivate connection with the Lord and just see what happens. Number two way to flow in the gifts is to have a proper understanding of each gift. And um, by proper understanding, we're asking God for illumination so he can help us to understand these things so that when they come along, when God activates them in us, we all, that's what that is. You know, that's a word of knowledge or that's a word of wisdom or that's discerning of spirits, you know, and, uh, and, or gifts of healings, uh, working of miracles, gift of faith. Oh boy, this is exciting. This, this is exciting, but not sensational. It's supernatural, but not sensational. It's practical, it's very pertinent, and it's very important. And uh, it's not to make us look spiritual, it's to aid people. It's not for us, it's for them. It's to glorify God, and it's to, uh, you know, outmatch the lies and the influences of uh, the devil and his evil spirits. 
It's to engage with God and be the light, be the salt that God's called us to be. Right? And, um, you know, Paul talks a lot about functioning in a church service. And, and, you know, church services, when we gather together, he's very specific about how things are to function in a church service. And I'm convinced that the gifts are to function in a church service, but not exclusively so. I believe God, because of the nature of our call and, uh, you know, the the, the fact that we are mobile and we're, we're moving around into our jobs and our neighborhoods and with people and all our interaction, this is to be applied to a church service, but also to be applied to our daily lives. Did you hear that? You can flow in the gifts of the Spirit at your job. You can flow in the gifts of your Spirit at your house in your prayer time. You can flow with God, and it, and it, it can be, and I'm telling you, it can be a beautiful outcome because Jesus will be exalted. He'll be glorified. People will get breakthrough. They get their needs met. How about that? I mean, man, I've listened to some of the young men in the church, and they've been praying, and they've run into a number of people that said to them, I'll tell you, I came here thinking about committing suicide. Several situations like that in the recent weeks, and I think my wife and I, I remember on New Year's time, we said, let's pray that we find somebody that's, that's close to eternity, that's in jeopardy, and we found a guy that was suicidal. We ministered to him, led him to the Lord. He got radically saved. And I thought, you know, that was God led us. Remember what I started out with? He'll guide you into all the truth and he'll order your steps. And, he, you know, it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, right? Now, there's some advantages to membership. You know, credit cards talk about that. There are advantages to membership, you know. You know, you get upgrades and, you, you know, you get a... You get a suite instead of a little room, and you, you, know, you don't have to you get a late checkout and all these perks, you know. Well, when you walk with the Lord Jesus, it's an advantage. It's to your advantage that I go, he said, because I'm going to send another helper. You're so focused upon by the Lord. There's so much help available to you. I remember a young man, he was, it was the day before he was leaving for college, he was leaving on Monday, and he was here at church on Sunday. I've known him his whole life. I did his mom and dad's wedding. I knew his mom when she was a teenager. And he's, he's like a, almost a head taller than me, and he's, just, I, he's always been tender toward the Lord. But he told me, Pastor Jeff, I had an encounter with God yesterday. And I just felt so blessed. I was over there in the parking lot. And I just, you know, I'm out making my rounds and saying hi to people. And, and he came up with that, and I just thought, he's going to have a good school year. He got, he got visited upon by the Lord, and uh, God bless him. God bless you guys, each and every one of you. You're carriers of the presence of God. And uh, l- listen to what this says here. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, I'm going to read uh, verse uh, 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I don't want you to be in the dark. I don't want you to be clueless. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware. And uh, says, you know, when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. 
And now let's skip to verse 4 for a minute. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. To God be the glory. Philippians 2.13 says, it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I hope this stimulates something in your thinking because you're called out of darkness to show forth his marvelous light. You are carriers of something. You've been given good news committed into your spirit. And listen, I, I will remind you that my testimony is not that I went forward at an altar call of a Billy Graham crusade. I didn't get saved in a church. I, I committed publicly in a church service under a pastor after I first got witnessed to out in the, in the highways and byways by a guy just like you. I'm the product and result of a believer cooperating with the Holy Spirit, bothering to share the gospel, going out of his way, giving me a ride uh, you know, a few miles out of his way, serving a little bit, and spending a little bit of time testifying. That's what changed my life. That's the cha- you are change agents. You're under the anointing. You are in the zone of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is on your life. The Holy Spirit is moving on you, and especially you that are humble and don't even realize it. God can do a lot with a humble heart but also with a hungry heart. And we've got to be in the know and not be unaware or ignorant. So he says, look, there are varieties of gifts, there are varieties of ministries, there are varieties of effects. And he, you know, here's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, same Spirit, same Lord, same, same uh, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, but each one, look what it says in verse 7, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit so they can look important in church. To each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit so they can be a guru and be more spiritual than everybody else. It does not say that. That's the abuse of those gifts. That's just carnality. But what this says is it's for the common good. Hallelujah. Church is at its best when we appreciate each other and love each other. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another to another the word of knowledge through according to the same spirit. I just got this the other day. The word of knowledge is stuff that's happening, and the word of wisdom is what to do. Word of knowledge is there's somebody here that just got a diagnosis of, you know, and that, that kind of, that's a word of knowledge. Or that, you know, the people that are highly developed in this, they can call out somebody's name. You know, and they, God gives them that as a sign and a wonder. Um, you know, to, to get their attention. Um, a word of wisdom is, you know, like I, I've been praying about some things for 30 years. I got some revelation just the other day on something that has, I haven't had a complete understanding of for decades. And I just, and I think, I think in, in addition to just general revelation, I think it was a word of wisdom. And, um, there was a time 
Here, I'll continue because I want to read these. Because these are in these categories. I'm going to go back to this. And if you're a note taker, you're going to get some good stuff here. If you're not a note taker, you should become a note taker. Anyway, listen. Uh, uh, to another um, faith, the gift of faith by the same spirit. Verse 9. To another gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. That's plural. Gifts of healing by the one spirit. And to another affecting or working of miracles. And to another prophecy. And to another distinguishing of spirits to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, and we'll wrap it up at this point, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So we can't manufacture or just come out, you know, like pull out a magic wand and operate in a gift. It's as the Spirit wills. But let me tell you, God wills that these gifts be flowing in the church. And they didn't pass away with the apostles. Some te Bible teachers teach that. I don't agree with that. I believe these gifts are still intact for today. And, um, you know, there's ample reinforcement for that. Uh, the people that teach against that have a viewpoint. I love and honor the body of Christ, though I disagree with those conclusions. I love my brothers and sisters, right? And, uh, you know, we all know in part and prophesy in part, so we're all trying to learn but, man, I'm adamant about this. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, in fact, I believe he's trying to restore credibility to the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in, because of some, uh, sort of mis, some sort of abuses of these things over the years. Certainly there was some abuse in Thessalonica when he said, don't despise prophecy because apparently some people were abusing it. Uh, 1 Corinthians, God is having Paul fatherly... Uh, you know, come in and say, look, guys, these things are very important, but everything you do has to be done in love, and you're not to be disruptive, and, and then he gets into very specific uh, order about things, about, uh, you know, how to function in a church setting, and so we're going we're gonna to look at this because God wants us to increase our faith in this and believe for him for these things to happen, and it's time that, uh, it's about time we we steer into this, uh, and, you know, post-COVID, post-church purge, post-manifestation um, of God cleansing the body, the things he's doing right now, uh, it, getting us ready for increase, getting us ready for harvest, getting us ready for uh, being more, uh, having, a, having a readiness, being alert, you know, being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, not being ignorant, not, being, not ignoring it. You know, uh, you know, having that discern, discerning of spirits, uh, wow, where you can, you can differentiate what's going on. Wow. See, I'm already jumping ahead because I, I love, I love this, tr these truths. Three, three categories, basically, I, as I see here. I think it was Donald G., the Assembly of God uh, theologian from 100 years ago that, that put it this way, but, or it might have been Howard Carter, I'm not sure, but it says uh, uh, that there, there, there are three compartments. The utterance gifts, the revelation gifts, and the power gifts. Utterance gifts, revelation gifts, power gifts. Utterance gifts are prophecy, where you speak forth what God has on his heart for a people at a time. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It lifts the body. Uh, various kinds of tongues, which are languages, 
and interpretation of tongues. We're going to have to spend some time on tongues and interpretation of tongues to bring some clarity here so uh, that we can understand what the Bible's saying about this. Then there are revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, as I said, what to do. Word of knowledge, what is happening. Uh, discerning of, or distinguishing of spirits. Um, man. Discerning of spirits. How about that? That's where you can distinguish uh, if something is of the spirit of God or if it's uh, of another spirit. Yeah, or, or of the flesh. And, and discerning, and that's, it's not sus- being suspicious because the Bible says we as Christians are to be, uh, you know, wise concerning that which is, um, let's see, it, innocent of that which is evil and wise concerning that which is good, but not ignorant of that which is evil. Also, he wants us to be uh, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. But that does not advocate gullibility. And it, on the other extreme, doesn't advocate, as I said, uh, suspicion. Uh, God wants us to go through life tender-hearted, but spiritually guarded. Tender-hearted, but spiritually guarded. Uh, where we're not, you know, we're not like, in, you know, just, but we're also not, oh, yeah. You know, right? He, he wants us to be spirit-taught and spirit-led. The Holy Spirit takes from Jesus and reveals to us. He's doing it right now. He's doing it in this service right now. He's doing it online right now for you guys that are watching. And uh, it's amazing what God's doing. Power gifts, power gifts, gift of faith, gifts of healing, Working of miracles. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I got a surge. Power gifts. Hallelujah. Yeah, when you talk about the utterance gifts and the revelation gifts, the power gifts. There's faith, there's, there's Bible faith that I would say is general believer faith that you develop according to Romans 10, 17, by hearing, by hearing the word of God. There is apparently, from the distinction here, something called a gift of faith that is, that is different than faith that comes by hearing the word. Faith that comes by hearing the word will move mountains. But the gift of faith is extraordinary, and it's as the Spirit wills, but it will come in on a situation. Um, I think it's been... Uh, on me for appropriating and acquiring these buildings and things. There were times where I was using my Bible faith, praying in agreement with the church body, you know, outside the walking and pacing for hours all around the property, you know, doing business with God. But then there, was, there were times where I know that I know we've got this. You know, I've prayed for healing for people. I remember a couple of times, a few times, where something came over me that was unusual and different and distinct, where I knew that I knew that I knew that we had this thing. One of them was a young man who had a, a cancerous tumor around his, his, uh, the base of his, his uh, brain stem, and they gave him seven days to live. He was 12 years old, 
And I remember standing in the hospital with him, and something came over me that was so strong. It was stronger than me. It was from God. It was a gift of faith. And, man, he, he came out of that. And I got to do his wedding here, and I got to dedicate his babies here. And he has come through, and he's a successful businessman, and he married a little treasure, and they have wonderful kids, and he's serving God. He's serving God. And uh, the gift of faith will kick in. I believe we've abidingly had the operation of the gift of faith for this church since the 1980s. And, uh, you know, a visiting minister even told me, uh, said that as much as that to me. I was like, oh, cool. I I didn't really look at it that way. But but we're to covet earnestly these gifts. And uh, it's as the Spirit wills, but he wants us to desire earnestly the greater gifts. I needed that gift in that room. I, needed the, I also needed the gifts of healing and working in miracles. You know, we need these gifts. And uh, so we trust God for them. And we go in, this is how we fight the fight of faith. God, I am trusting you for these things to operate. I'm believing you generally for the promise that I see in the scripture. Here are these scriptures that I'm standing on. I believe these are right. This is what I believe. I mean, I believe I'm interpreting it right. I'm I'm judging scripture with scripture. I'm trying to rightly divide it. This is what I'm standing on. But God, I I, wish we could sure use a boost. You know, you deal with frustrating things that that are ongoing, they're annoying. It's like, God, I sure would appreciate discerning his spirits on this or... I sure, you know, and, and, you know, he's not like withholding from us. He wants us to desire these things. Everybody say utterance gifts, revelation gifts, power gifts. So see, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. You know, when it comes to ministry gifts and Uh, Ephesians 4. Now, these are the gifts of the Spirit. There are ascension gifts that Jesus gives to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Do you know God wants you to be equipped? He wants you to minister in a work of service, and he wants you to be uh, someone that brings building to the body of Christ. This whole thing is about building the body of Christ. The gifts are about building the body of Christ. The love walk is about building the body of Christ. It's not about creating a little, like, uh, super sensational enclaves of hyperactivity, and then people go away feeling like they really had, you know, God moved in our midst. It's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's more important than that. And that's why Paul was having to correct the Corinthian church so they don't turn it into monkey business or some sort of circus environment, but that they really desire these things. Because as they're deployed, uh, they're, they're go- we're going to be walking up to the people that are ill and sick and fearful. And we're going to be in situations where we can, we can be that voice of prayer that can circumvent or, or, uh, or, or um, stop or thwart a strategy of the devil. God wants to use us in some pretty significant ways to bring change in the world. And we're not going to be able to fix everything, but while we're here, we're the light of the world and we're the salt of the earth. And um, what did he say? Acts chapter 1, verse 5. John baptized with water, 
but uh, I, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in verse 8, I, wanna, I love this verse, verse 8, he says, you, sh- you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That, pa- that word power, does anyone know what it is in Greek? Dunamis, and that's where, wh- who was it that, uh, was it Nobel that invented dynamite? Was it Nobel? Yeah, and, and he calls it, he called it, he used the Greek word for, for dunamis, power. And uh, so I, I, that kind of, you know, you've got spiritual dynamite in your life. And what do you use dynamite for to, to blow, blow up, you know, the, the way they built the, the highway system. They use dynamite to pave the trails, you know. I believe there's dynamic dynamite power in this church right now and you as an individual. And, um, you know, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And every believer has the Holy Spirit. But I'm convinced there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit that is subsequent to salvation. And it takes faith. You, it takes faith to step out and trust that when you repent of your sins, Jesus will forgive you. And, um, you know, we, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, 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 and uh, the wages of sin is death. Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame. We're not a shame-based movement. We're a victory situation. Yet I heard a, one of my favorite uh, guitar players on the radio interviewed, and he said, uh, you, know, you know, don't play Amazing Grace at my funeral. Play La Bamba or uh, Who Let the Dogs Out or uh, Tequila. And he said, because I'm not a wretch. I, you know, we're, we're all loved by God. I thought, well, no, that's not completely correct. We're all sinners, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Once you get born again, you're no longer a wretch. Uh, you're a new creature, Right? But we never want to lose sight of what we were and who we, where we came from. And um, we do want to set our sights. I guess, what is it? Bow season starts tomorrow for the deer hunters. Is that right? Oh, today? Yeah, that's where some of the guys are up in deer stands. Uh, but you got to get the sight on what you want, right? And so I want to set my sights. I'm not going deer hunting, but I am hungry and thirsty for the gifts of the Spirit. We'll finish with these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse uh, 31. It says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. Right? All right, now let's look at chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Did you see that? So I pray this increases your desire for the gifts of the Spirit to operate through your life. Now smile at me and say hallelujah. Let's all stand up on our feet. This has been good, man. You guys are awesome. So this has been our lesson. This is the close of the session. I'm gonna call the musicians up and I want you guys to make your way up to the altar and we are gonna ask God and trust God for the gifts that he's put in our lives to be stirred and stimulated and for opportunity to flow in it. So come on up here right now. Everybody, everybody in the church, find your way up here. We're not done. I, I ended 12 minutes early so we could have just a 10-minute moment seeking the Lord at the end of the service. Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, started tonight. And uh, yeah, yeah, Messianic Christians like that I started church on Friday night. 
Uh, they think it's all spiritual. We just did it because we had nowhere else to go on what time. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Let's turn the house lights down. Let's turn the, can we turn those lights on on those poles or is that impossible to do? No, can't do it? We got to make that happen. Chad, can you work all night and make sure that we, I'm just kidding. Let's lift up our hands. Heavenly Father, here we are. We yield to you. 1 Corinthians 6 describes that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, if there's anyone here who is not born again, who's not surrendered their life to Jesus, or people online who have, are, have as yet not given their heart to the Lord, that's the imperative. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's so essential. Like that rock guitarist, he, he, he had a nice idea, but it was inaccurate. We all are lost without Jesus and we need salvation. But once Jesus comes into our life, we become a, a brand new creation. He makes us worthy by what he's done on the cross. So with that, just let's just surrender our lives to the Lord. Rededicate if you're a Christian. If there's any area that's, that's hindered you, anybody that you need to forgive, any situation that's been gnawing at you, anything area you lapsed or, or fell short in, just, just receive mercy and receive grace. We receive that help from you, Lord. Say this with me, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You live big in me. You're the greater one. In fact, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And God, I hunger and I thirst for more of you. Use me, Lord. Open doors. Surround me with favor. Increase opportunities. A special flow of grace, of the healing power of God, of the miraculous, of the supernatural, uh, would just come forth in my daily life while I'm driving in my car, while I'm attending to my business, while I'm at work interacting with people while I'm alone I'm looking to you Lord for a surge of revival of renewal of strength that the glory of God would fill the house would fill this nation would cover the world the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God in every place in Jesus' name, I still hallelujah.